All right, here to kick off this week's show is our resident director of instruction, Tom Patry. You can visit him and improve your game this winter at his new indoor facility, which has all the latest gadgets and technology at his home down in Naples, Florida. TP is winding down his summer tour of the Midwest and eastern portion of the country. We're going to hear exactly where he's at here in a moment. Remember, you can also download the V1 video app and send Tom videos of your golf swing, and he's going to respond with all kinds of great content for how you can get your swing on track. Or you can send him a question via his website, tompatry.com, where you can also subscribe to his newsletter. Tom is a member of the Titleist Leadership Advisory Board, has his own show now Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Instagram Live with some really wonderful guests. Not sure who the guy is he's having this week, but rumor has it. It's a guy whose Steelers beat the pants off Tom's Giants about eight days ago, and I'm very excited. He is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, TP, how are you, my friend? Chrissy boy, what's up, big man? How are you, TP? Where in the world are you? That's how we got to start off every show now when you come on. We got to understand, where is Tom Patry? And and I think that's a moving yeah, target, which is probably smart on your end. Where's Waldo? So Waldo tonight, just to speak to you because I love you so much, I pulled off the road during my drive. I left a couple hours ago from Evansville, Indiana, drove through the beautiful state of Kentucky, and now I'm in the dark in a rest area in a welcome center in Tennessee, heading to tonight's destination, which is just a little east of Nashville, where I'll bunk down for the night. Because tomorrow, Chris, after five months, I get to go home to Naples, Florida. So that's where I am right now. Well, that's not good news for Mrs. Patry, but probably good news for the golfers in that area. So. I think she's, you know, just elated that I'm coming home, elated. Why wouldn't she be? Of course she is. Exactly. So, TP, now, last time you were on the show, you, you, you had some breaking news in, about a, your new home for the winter. Um, remind our listeners where they're going to be able to find you, uh, you know, here in the next couple of days. Yeah, Chris, I'm excited. Uh, actually, on October 15th is my start date. I'm the uh, new director, the new and first director of instruction at Crown Colony Country Club in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, I'm really excited about that. The folks out in touch with me this winter, we, we went through a little discussion and negotiation. We came to some great, great terms. Uh, one, seems like a wonderful club and a wonderful group of people. So I'll start there October 15th. Uh, that'll be my new home. And uh, I will be able to teach non-members there. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, I'm, looking to, I'm looking forward to a brand new chapter in, um, in my Southwest Florida life. It'll be, it'll be great. Ah, uh, I'm sure it will be. And it's certainly going to be great. <laughs> For that membership as well as uh, the people in and around that area. So kudos to you and kudos for them for making the smart decision to bring you on. And speaking of smart decisions, my friend, I know you're you're just leaving uh, another wonderful place uh, within the Dormy Network that you were a brand ambassador for. Talk about the place you just left. Yeah, Chris, I, I had the good fortune last few days to do a corporate outing for Transamerica Insurance at uh, Victoria National, uh, just outside Evansville, Indiana, one of the Dormy Network facilities. And I'd never been there, heard so much about it. As you know, they, uh, they host the Corn Ferry Finals there. Um, and I'd seen it, so many spectacular pictures, seen it on TV uh, during the Corn Ferry broadcast. It is really, really good. I mean, it's, um, it's a spectacular piece of property. Uh, and it's only has, it only has 18 really difficult holes. Um, <laughs> You just have to drive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to drive the ball on a string. Uh, the green complexes are 
moderately severe but fair, um, but really high shot values, um, some spectacular vistas on the property. Um, it was an old strip mine, um, so there's a lot of these dugout areas with big waterways alongside holes and stuff. It, it's really, really a a cool place. Uh, we had a great we had a great three day outing with Transamerica. Uh, brought some of their clients in, did some clinics in the morning, played golf with them in the afternoon, hung out with them at night. The food was spectacular. It's it's real. I can't say enough about it. It's really cool. I don't know how. I'm trying to still figure out how. Uh, they shot 18 under there, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Brendan Wu shot 62 one round there, and I was trying to figure out if he only played 15 holes. I wasn't sure, but it, it's really hard. It's a hard place. <laughs> Take that a step further. You want to talk about hard places. I want to get your thoughts on the U.S. Open. Wingfoot really showed uh, what it can do, except for what we saw from Bryson DeChambeau. So your thoughts, first of all, from what you saw from the golf course, did you was that what you expected? Did you expect, you know, one guy would end up being under par and everybody else would be struggling to make par? You know, Chris, honestly, I did not. I think I think a couple of things. And I think I think your next guest, who's one of my all-time favorite people on the planet and then a great friend of mine, Bob Ford, who, uh, who was there, obviously, as the honorary starter, will speak to this. But, you know, they, they cut the rough on Tuesday, which was unexpected by everybody, I think, uh, which I think was a mistake. I think the time of year... Uh, it's played in, uh, had something to do with it too. I think the green complexes did not seem, uh, you know, I played 25 rounds of golf there in my life, probably as severe, as fast, or as firm as I thought they could have been. So I think once they altered the rough length and the greens were a little more receptive than they might have hoped for, I think that gave, uh, you know, Bryson a green light to, to do, you know, to play bombs away. Um, I'm not sure that that score would have been the score shot if those conditions were a little bit different or a little more traditional uh, at that place, because that place is such a incredibly great, great venue, a great golf course and a difficult golf course. Um, so I certainly, I'm certainly looking forward to hear Bob's take on that, but um, he, listen, kudos to Bryson Chambeau. He played unbelievable golf. He, he has some incredible golf shots. He, he, you know, and you, you talk about how well he drove it. That's fine. He putted the ball beautifully uh, on those greens. And even if they weren't as fast and firm as they could be, there's a lot of undulation on those greens, and he and he really rolled the ball great. So, you know, hats off to him. That, you know, it's a, it's a great championship. Yeah, and that's, and that's kind of what I wanted to get uh, your thoughts on as well. Um, you say hats off to him. You know, for for whatever reason, there are a lot of folks not happy that Bryson DeChambeau won. Any any reservations because of how unconventional, how sort of um, you know, calculating, you know, he is a- any, any concern about Bryson DeChambeau winning or, or truly hats off to him for a, a great performance. You know, I mean, he, he, listen, he's a different duck. There's no doubt about it. I mean, but Lee Trevino was a different duck too. You know, I mean, uh, there are a lot of guys who were different in their style and approach. Uh, you listen, you couldn't have two styles any different in that last group than Bryson and, and Matt Wolf. And, 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 you know, listen, let's not, let's not forget about Matt Wolf for a second here. Here's a kid who's 21 years old who is as unconventional as it comes. If you, if you want to make Bryson unconventional, you have to make Matt Wolf unconventional as well. And Matt Wolf's time is coming as well. This kid has a lot of talent, hits a lot of great shots, bombs it himself, and, and he does a lot of great things in his golf game. So it was a really, a really interesting, I thought, contrast to those two styles to come out one-two in this event. Um, you know, I, I think I think that con- that uncon- you know unconventional style of both those players 
listen, it sells, right? It creates excitement. It creates talk. It creates media. Um, anything that, that exposes the game and, and brings more people to the game, I think is a great thing. So I think it's, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. And, and Tom, I, I guess when, when I was thinking about this golf tournament on, on that golf course, I really didn't think a, a bomb and gouge was going to win. I thought with the, with the length of the rough, how thick the rough was. I mean, you can look at at one point, Bryson hit just, you know, four of 21 fairways, but still got it done. I was thinking that, that there was going to be a premium on driving the golf ball in the fairway, getting on the green, hoping to one putt, most likely two, occasionally three, and be somewhere around, you know, that, you know, two, three, four under par, ended up six. But I, I just didn't think that style was going to be, you know, the bomb and gouge was going to work at Winkfoot. You surprised that it did? Well, Chris, I, I think you said, you know, you were surprised. But I go, I go back to my comment about cutting the rough on Tuesday. You know, I mean, once they did that, and they ultimately, if you go back to the Twitter posts and, and some of the social media posts on Monday and Tuesday morning, there, was, there were tons of posts where guys would drop a ball in the rough and, and film it, and you couldn't see the golf ball at all. And then if you look at Wednesday, you know, you could start to see guys hit shots and you could see the ball bounce into the rough and you could still see the ball exposed. So once, like I said, once they did that, it changed, it changed everything. I, I think they basically what the USGA did. And again, no, this is no disrespect to Bryson. I think once the USGA made the decision to cut their rough on Tuesday afternoon, they basically altered golf history because they, they kind of gave guys like that. You know, the green light to swing away. Because once they could get down there and get a short iron in hand and put the club on the ball and actually advance the ball with the short iron, everything, all, you know, the whole game changed. The whole tournament changed and the whole complexity of the tournament changed. Tom, one of the other things that surprised me as I was watching was the frequency with which guys were holding shots from the bunkers. I mean, I, I was watching Louis Oosthuizen. He he left one in the bunker. He got, he was in the bunker in two, didn't get out in three, and then hold it in four. And guys were chipping in from the bunkers left and right out there. I mean, I know these guys are way better than than you know most be everybody, but I, I couldn't believe the frequency with which they were holding those putts. Did you did you see that? Did any of that you know catch you by surprise that they were able to do it as often as they did? Well, <laughs> well I haven't played a lot of golf yet, because those those bunkers are very severe. And the shots out of the bunker are usually repelled by the greens going away from you quite a bit. Yes, I understand what you're saying, but I think when those guys were preparing to go to Winthrop, having some knowledge of the golf course and knowing that bunker play was going to be, you know, put on a premium, I'm sure the preparation and the number of bunker shots they hit in preparation and practice, not only on the golf course during practice rounds, but leading up to the tournament, um, I'm sure they ramped that up quite a bit. And you've got guys, listen, we've got things called 60-degree wedges now and 62- and 64-degree wedges. I would be curious to know how many guys put a, a bunker club in their bag for a wing foot last week with more loft than they normally had on their bunker club. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to see a stat on that because hmm. I suspect that I suspect that there were some alterations made pre that tournament with that in mind. And, Tom, when, with Bryson's win... They made him one of only three players to win an NCAA national championship, a U.S. amateur, and now a U.S. Open. And the other two, oh, by the way, are Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods. 
does this sort of validate, you know, his, his style and, you know, like I say, the, you know, the, the one, the one length clubs, the, the, you know, 7,000 calories a day, everything that, that comes with Bryson and the transformation he made in his body and his game. Does this, does this start to put the other guys on notice that, hey, we may need to start looking at this stuff? Well, I think certainly it's going to catch people's attention, but because I'm a little more cautious than some of some of you you talking heads out there in, in radio land. You know, about three weeks ago we were talking about Colin Moore Coward becoming the next coming for what he did at Harding Park. You know, and that was that. Now we're not talking about Colin Moore Coward two two or three weeks later. Now we're talking about Bryson. So I I think that validation comes with time. I think validation comes with longevity. I think that you know certainly. Listen, Bryce is obviously a very talented young man, and he's just, now he's won a major. Um, but he's won one major, one. Um, and, and uh, you know, amateur golf and NCAA golf is wonderful. I mean, it's, it's great stuff. But it's not, it's not tour golf. It's not professional golf. So let's just, let's just you know, pump the brakes a little bit, <laughs> like we always do here, or I always try to make you do. And we've we got more cows sitting over there. Now we've got Bryson sitting here. We got Victor Hovland out there. We got we got you know we've got a lot of young talented people. Let, let's just let this play out for a little while and see see what happens. When you look ahead to uh, to the Masters, and we got we got this with uh, Bryson. To your point about Dustin Johnson, who was on a on an incredible run there for about four weeks. Morikawa's got yep. a got a major championship. You got Tiger trying to, you know, find his game and, and he's defending champ. What are you looking forward to at the Masters and, and who are, is that the set? Is, is, are those the guys that, uh, that you like heading into the Masters? Or do you think that, uh, you know, somebody else could jump up and, uh, and, and win a Masters this year? Well, certainly, I'm sure, first point is this. I'm sure after watching Wingfoot this past week, and, and, and as you say, you know, bomb and gouge, now they can bomb and not even have to gouge. So I'm sure the folks at, at the Augusta National have sat up now and taken attention and said, wait, wait a second, wait, this guy is hitting the ball a mile and he's hitting it relatively straight. You know, what's the longest club he's going to have in on any hole in this golf course? You know, as he, as he, as he works his way around that property, I'm sure they're very concerned, you know, about, about their championship. Um, and, and listen, he, he, although Bryson is extremely long, so is Dustin. And there's not a lot of guys out there anymore that are short. And they've all got the pedal to the metal. So I'm sure Augusta is on alert right now and, and kind of giving that some thought. Now, Augusta can defend that golf course a lot of different ways with green speeds and green firmness and sub-air and, 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 you know, and, and pin positions and undulation. But they're still, again, playing at a different time of year. We've never had that tournament played at that location in this month coming up that's going to be played in and and who knows what the conditions are going to be like so i don't know chris i don't know who's favored there because I, I don't i don't we don't know much about augusta being the masters being played that time of year and what they can do at that golf course with at that time of year i'm sure they can do almost anything they want with sub air uh but it'll be interesting and then again how cold is it out how cool is it out you know what what's the weather going to be like really it's going to be really interesting. I, I certainly think the guys you named are certainly on the short list, but you know, because there are so many talented people out there right now, and the fields are so deep in talent. You know, somebody gets the putter hot, and and and, and you know, they can they can run away with this thing because 
that that putting at that golf course is such a put on such a premium. Um, you know, who knows what happens, right? I mean, who knows? If, what if Bryson has a bad putting week and and Ricky Fowler makes everything he looks at, everything he looks at. So I mean, who knows? I mean, it's that that, that putting the ball at that golf course is such such an important factor. So is Tiger still in the conversation even after? You know, missing the cut at the open and shooting a second round 77. Is he still a part of that conversation? Because he knows the course so well. He knows where he's got to put it on the second shot to leave himself with a good putt. Is that some place that you think that he's going to be able to be in contention for years to come? Or you start to get concerned because of how poorly he's been putting lately and then what you saw you know, on Thursday and Friday? So I'll give you, I'll give you both sides of that answer. The first side is I've had him buried three times in my life publicly, and all three times I've had to take my foot out of my mouth after I did that. So I, I will never count that man out again until he's past his 80th birthday. Um, he's like he made me look like a fool three times because he's, he's always so good at pulling the rabbit out of the hat when you least expect it. Correct? Good. Now we got to pass that one. The second thing is, you know, if, if it's cold that week, uh, and, it, and it very well could be, and, and bad weather, you know, I think I think physically he struggles in that condition. So I think the weather is going to be a real big factor for, for the Tiger watch. Um, if you get a nice, you know, balmy Indian summer-type week, I, 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 I still would never count him out. But I think if the weather's crappy and it gets a little cold, you know, and, he's, and you know, <laughs> really tough in the mornings, I, I don't know. That I think it gets more difficult for him at that point. Staying with the Masters, Tom, and I posted this on social media last week, and, and maybe you can help me understand this because you're a lot older than I am. But prior easy now. to easy, the 86... Easy, easy with that. <laughs> easy, easy. Prior to the 86 Masters, right? The, the, the legend has it, you know, everybody had written Jack off. You know, he was too yeah. old. Clubs were rusty and all that sort of stuff. But if you look back at the you know couple of years prior, you know eighty three, he ends up finishing second in the PGA Championship, one stroke behind Hal Sutton. Eighty four, he wins the Memorial. Eighty five, he finished tied for sixth at the Masters, tied for second at the Canadian Open. It was not like he hadn't he hadn't won, he hadn't played well, he hadn't finished well in years. Yet in eighty six, no chance. Why? Why no chance? Well, that, 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 that's what the media does, right? They, they, they like to create controversy. It sells. They, they like to, you know, stir the pot. It sells. I mean, you know, Chris, Tiger won Zozo less than a year ago, right? He won in Japan right. less than a year ago. But we're, but we're not talking about that because he's, he hasn't been informed in the last four to six weeks. But he won a golf tournament less than one year ago. So I think, it, again, you got to pump the brakes here. I mean, you know, these guys are so talented. If they get on a roll, they find something, they go home and have a great practice session, something kind of clicks a little bit. You know, they're so talented. If they can get on a little bit of a roll, get the right mojo going, you know, who knows? Who, know, who, who knows what Tiger does? So uh, how can you write Jack Nicholas off after, after he, like you said, just, just a year before he, He'd done some of the things you just you just called out. The man has so much experience. You know, people that are thoroughbreds like Jack, like Tiger, 
have so much experience to draw from. I don't know how you ever leave people like that out of the conversation as long as they're still walking and talking. Tom, just a couple more before I let you go. And, and uh, first, I want you to remind our listeners about uh, being able, if they're not going to be in and around Fort Myers or Naples, uh, anytime soon, you've got the uh, ability to give them video lessons through the uh, V1 video app. Talk about how they can download a video of their swing and get lessons from you when, no matter where they're at. Hey, Chris, you know, technology is an amazing thing in, in, in golf instruction in, in 2020 and going forward. And V1, the V1 app is available at the App Store, obviously. And they simply put the app on their iPhone or on their iPad and they select me as an instructor from the alpha list, and, and off we go into a relationship. I have 150 people right now taking instruction from me um, that I've never met in my life, uh, and I have relationships with them, 150 students I've never met. That's besides the people that I, I do teach regularly that check in via V1 on a regular basis as well. It's a very easy technology to use. There are very easy prompts you can follow. Um, it, it's, it's a wonderful technology. I, I probably do... Somewhere between 10 and 15 uh, video lessons in the evening when I get home from my my uh, my, my my AM or my sunlight gig, um, and those relationships are a lot of fun for me. So it's it's definitely a technology that that people who uh, want to get instruction that that will not get to Naples or Fort Myers, and God knows why anybody would not be in Naples during the winter, but that's another thing. But they can they can certainly get some instruction and check in with me. And you've also built yourself a heck of a studio down there in uh, in Naples, Florida, at your house. Talk about that as well. Yeah, you know, during the pandemic, Chris, last winter, um, when things were tough and, and we, we were trying to find ways to connect with our students, uh, uh, I, I begged Denise for, for forgiveness, and I, I got in our garage and uh, really did a heck of a job, really, if I do say so myself, in, in turning it into an indoor studio, Trackman, Body Track V1, uh, an incredible fiber-built mat, um, all the all the toys, uh, flat screen TV to project things onto, uh, whether it be the track end numbers or the graphics or the V1 video. It's actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and and I will in the evening hours uh, do evening sessions when I'm not at uh, when I'm not at Crown Colony. I will actually actually rent the space as well for people who want to come in and use the technology on their own uh, for supervised practice sessions. So it's really been kind of cool, and, and I'll spend all the time in myself doing uh, working on my own game. So it's really a cool space, and uh, I hope people will take advantage of it. And let our listeners know how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, whether it's on your website or it's on social media. <laughs> yeah, Chris, all the, all the regular places, the two pages on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, uh, certainly the website, TomPatry.com. They can sign up for the newsletter, which is quarterly. Um, all, all the regular, you know, all the regular places that they can find me. Um, and they can certainly always email me. My all my contact information is on my on my website. If they just have a question, I'm happy to answer it for them, and they can they can reach me anytime they want. And your uh, your Instagram live show coming up. You've got uh, some guy I never heard yeah, of, I and mean, then I, uh, you've I, got a bunch of other guests. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in trouble this week. I I've got I've got Chris Mascara from Next on the Oh, that's you, isn't it? Oh, coming on on Thursday night. <laughs> And hopefully he'll have a better connection this time. He failed miserably last time. Um, but I, by my main reason for bringing you on, Chris, is I wanted everybody to see who's listened to your podcast for all these years how handsome you really are and try to expose <laughs> you to it. You, you might, you might after, after, after being on my Thursday night show, you might have like a, a Hollywood thing going on. They might, you might be discovered on my Instagram live show. It's a, it's a strong possibility. 
Well, you know, I can only hope. I can only hope. My fingers crossed. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean come on. Who, you know, Matt Damon or Chris Mascaro? Chris Mascaro every time. Right? I mean, what's the, what's this the, is what I'm saying. Who, who, what, who's, who's kidding who? Right? Really? Chris, come on. <laughs> That's right. TP, hey, I can't thank you enough, my friend, for jumping back on. You're always, uh, you always make this segment so much fun. Um, look forward to Thursday night and then uh, catching up with you again in a couple weeks. Safe travels, my friend. Be careful out there. Chris, 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 before you let me go, I want to thank you for having me on. It's always great to be with you. I'll wave as I go through Atlanta tomorrow. And then please thank you. give Bob Ford my best. You are, you're so blessed to have Bob Ford on behind me. And I'm glad I got out of the way because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a warm-up act. He's like, He's like Led Zeppelin, and I'm the local band, and he's like he's like the king, <laughs> and I, I I I love the guy I love the guy so much. He's a dear friend, and I have so much respect for the guy. You've got a superstar coming on behind me. Have a great time with him. I appreciate that very much, Tom, and I'm very much looking forward to the conversation with Bob. Stay safe, my friend. Catch up with you soon. Thanks, pal. Bye, hey, man. That's a great Tom Patry. TomPatry.com. P-A-T-R-I. That's the website. Go check him out on their V1 video app. If you're not going to be in Fort Myers or down in Naples this winter and you want to get uh, video lessons from one of the all-time greats, get uh, get on there and select Tom as your instructor. Send him your videos. You're going to be happy with all the great content that Tom is going to send you, plus you know, personalizing it to make sure that you get your swing where you want it to be. Looking forward to being on his Instagram live show coming up Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern time, and then having Tom uh, back on the show again real soon.